Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. You say come to the Bible to Genesis chapter 2 and Exodus chapter 20. That's where we're going to use as our primary text uh, today. And so Genesis chapter 2 and Exodus chapter 20. We're going to continue our series talking about living a principled life. Just like it said in Deuteronomy, we need to understand the principles of God. We need to understand how they apply to our lives, how to operate in harmony with God's plan and God's purpose and God's patterns. And when we do that, we know that there is a release of provision and protection over our lives. And I don't think that there's probably a person in this room that couldn't receive a little more provision and a little more protection from God. Amen? Amen. So we want to connect with that. We want to know what God's really speaking to us. Our series text is found in Psalms chapter 119. I challenged you last week to read the entirety of chapter 119 of Psalms because it is just full of how the Word and principles in God's Word affect your life. But reading from verse 11 and verse 12, it says, Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. That is our prayer. We want God to direct our paths. We want to hide His Word so that we don't sin against Him. I think last week... As we were speaking on the power of principles, I gave you three things uh, to, to, to help you to understand the power that they have in your life. Those three things that were positively or negatively, principles affect your world. No matter whether you acknowledge them or ignore them, whether you rebel against them or you fall in line with them, there's an effect that happens in your life uh, based on principles. There are just some things that, uh, that are going to affect you and we have to understand how to operate in conjunction with those things so that the effect is positive rather than negative. The other thing that I told you last week was that principles reveal your attitude toward God. They really tell me what I think about God and what I believe in His Word concerning different issues in my life. And the last thing that I told you was principles that are regarded and honored will always release provision and protection. Remember that a precept or a command in the scripture leads us to a principle or a construct of thought and it reveals the person of God, the character of God and there's always a progression toward the person and the character of God. God is trying to form us and make us more like Him. He's trying to get us into a place where we are conformed to the image of Christ Jesus. And our goal as Christians is to conform to that image of Christ Jesus. How do we do that? It's by renewing our minds with the truth of God's Word, following the principles and the patterns God has set forth in His Word. And that is how we start to walk towards that reality of becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. It's never an end quest. We're never going to find that as our destination in, on this side of, uh, of heaven. But uh, our goal is to keep walking towards that and to keep uh, becoming more and more like Him. We want to walk in harmony and we want to walk in alignment with God. We want to make sure that the principles of God's Word uh, are, are revealed in my life because those principles are what teaches me how to walk, talk, and act like Jesus Christ. Everywhere we go, 
The goal as a Christian man or woman is to walk, talk, and act like Jesus Christ. Whenever, listen, whenever we ignore the principles of God or we are even unaware of the principles of God, again, those things have an effect on us whether we know them and ignore them or whether we're just unaware of them at all. They're still having an effect on your life. And so it's better for us to acknowledge them, know them, study them, learn them, and apply them so that the effect is always positive. We always want to, to be releasing God's provision, releasing God's protection, bringing ourselves into a place where God can do the most good in our lives. You know, the Bible tells us that God wants to give us good gifts. Yet a lot of times in our lives as we walk along uh, the pathway in our journey, we don't always see that happening. Why? Because there are principles sometimes that we are ignoring or not acknowledging or we're not walking in harmony with that are just keeping that provision from being released, the good gifts of God that are being kept being released from being released in our lives. And we don't want that. We want to make sure that we're in a position to get all that God has for us as His children. I want all that God's got for me. Amen? I don't want anything left on the table. I don't want anything left in the shadows. I want to make sure that I'm bringing that into my domain and my arena of life and that I am releasing that into my my situation because I need all that he has. Not only that, but one thing that we also have to understand is that when we don't acknowledge those principles and we don't live under the canopy of God's authority, we are really putting ourselves under the curse of sin and we are putting ourselves under the effects of sin. The enemy is waging war against you. The enemy wants to destroy your life. The enemy is doing everything that he possibly can to bring havoc and chaos and confusion and disruption to your life. He's going to do that every way that he can. Some of that can't be stopped no matter what you do. Some of that's just part of being in this broken and fallen world. But there are a lot of things that we bring on ourselves because we ignore the principles of God. We step out from under God's canopy of protection and we expose ourselves to the enemy's plans for our lives. And so we don't want to do that. We want to be careful to do that. And that's why we've been talking about principles because the more we know, the more we understand, the better off we're going to be. No one in this room, I know that the heart of no one in this room uh, is to, to ignore God's plan for their life, to ignore God's principles in their life, but to acknowledge them and walk in harmony with them. We want to grow. Everybody wants to grow into the likeness of Christ Jesus. And so to be as much like Him as possible, those principles are the pathway to Christ's likeness, and uh, that's what we want. And so today, uh, one of the principles, that I, the main principle that I want to start with today is the principle of the Sabbath. As we kind of walk through several principles in the Bible over the next several weeks, I want to talk to you today about the principle of the Sabbath. Hebrews 10.23 says this. It says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who is promised is faithful. Let me just stop there and say to you this morning that God is faithful. God is faithful. If God has commanded something and attached a promise to that command, then I promise you there's going to come a day where God will deliver on that promise for your life. God has not forgot His promises. He's not slack concerning those promises. But He who has promised is faithful. He's a faithful God. He's for you, not against you. And He's doing everything within His power to bring to you the very things that you have need of in your life. Somebody ought to say amen to that. It says in verse 24, And let us consider one another to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Somebody underline that in their Bible. 
Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Why would the Lord direct us to be faithful and even more so the closer we get to the return of Christ? Because He knows and He's preparing us for these last days when things are difficult, when things are hard, when there are so many things drawing at you. Does anybody ever feel like you've got so many things weighing on you and pulling at you that there's absolutely no way that you can do everything that is demanded of you? Of course you do. That's the life and that's the culture that we live in. And so he says to us, he's given us a principle. He says, look, the more you see those days coming around, the more you see my return approaching, the more you need to come together and rely on one another. You need someone encouraging you along the pathway of life. You need somebody coming alongside you and saying, I'm with you, brother. I'm with you, sister. You're not in this alone, but I'm standing beside you walking arm in arm with you, shoulder to shoulder, we're going to accomplish this together. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. It's a principle. God's trying to protect us. God's trying to provide for us in that process. Maybe a better question would be even, what is God trying to provide for us? What is God trying to protect us from in honoring the principle of the Sabbath? I'm going to give you three purposes of the Sabbath here in just a moment. But before I get to those purposes, let me just answer some questions Uh, maybe for some of you that may have these questions. First, let's start with what is the Sabbath? When we talk about the Sabbath day, what are we referring to? That sounds like a religious term or a a Christianese kind of language. And so what is the Sabbath? The word Sabbath literally means intermission. It It is designated as a day of rest, a day to sit back, kind of reflect and rest. It's also a day set aside for worship. It was always a day of rest and a day of worship. A day to honor God. A day to make Him preeminent in the day. To make Him first in the day. To set the day around Him and to really make Him the central focus of the day. 113 times in your Bible, the word Sabbath is mentioned. And the majority of those times that it is mentioned, the words rest and worship are connected as a central theme uh, surrounding the Sabbath. When you, when you read about the Sabbath, you're going to see two things primarily. You're going to see it talk about worship and you're going to see it talk about rest. So those are the two main things that, that come about through the regarding of the Sabbath. Those things are intimately tied together and we're going to see how and why here in just a little bit. The second question is where does the Sabbath come from? Where does it originate? Where, where did this concept come from? Genesis 2 and 1, if you have that in your Bibles, let's read that together. It says, Thus the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished. And on the seventh day God ended His work which He had done and He rested on the seventh day from all His work which He had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it He rested from all His work which God had created and made. And so we see the concept here established not during the period of the law, not during a latter time in history, but day seven of creation, God says we need to establish the principle of the Sabbath. There is some some things that I'm going to provide for my people. There is some protection that's going to come from, from regarding this principle and I'm going to establish it right now. 
What we know from the passage is, first of all, that it was established before the law was given to Moses. That's important because it's important because its observance is based on a pattern and a principle, not on law or legalism. So when someone says you need to regard the Sabbath day, that's not a legalistic thing. That's a principle in God's word. That's something that God himself established as a way in which we should all live. A way that we are designed to connect and to recuperate, uh, to connect with God and recuperate the energy that we need to, to continue on. We follow the principle because God did. You know, listen, anytime that someone tells you you need to do something or you should be doing something, you need to connect that to the example of Christ Jesus. Because if it doesn't connect back to the example of Christ or a pattern that God has established, then it's something that someone's trying to add through legalism, and sometimes those things just need to be set aside. And so it should always connect back to Him. We follow the principle because God did, not because someone told us to. Another thing to note is in verse 3. It says, God blessed the seventh day and He sanctified it. What is sanctified? Sanctified means to be made holy or it means to be blessed. If it is blessed, then I have to understand that there is a blessing in it for me. If it is blessed, then I want to connect with that blessing because there's one available for me in the midst of it. Now let's go to Exodus chapter 20 and pick it up in verse 8. It says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. Now I want to address something here um, concerning work because I I think that um, sometimes this is miscommunicated and misunderstood and that is this, that honoring the day and not doing work is about not pursuing your own agenda but submitting to God's agenda. It's about not pursuing your own agenda, but pursuing God's agenda. It's about setting aside your work, your plans, your agenda, and focusing on God for the day. It's about worshiping the Lord. The work of the kingdom, being about the Father's business, all of those things are always an expression of true worship. If I'm a true worshiper, then that's going to be expressed in in a level of work for the kingdom of God. It's going to be expressed in something I do as an offering to the Lord, as a sacrifice of living. We see that in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Jesus even modeled this for us in that he still did the Lord's work on the Sabbath day. Why? Because he was honoring the God of the Sabbath over the day of the Sabbath. And we don't want to make it a legalistic thing. You know, you have to take the day that God gives you. Uh, You know, many people have to work on Sundays. I'm not at all standing up here suggesting that if you work on Sundays that you are breaking the principle of the Sabbath and you're in trouble. No, I'm saying that you have to have one throughout your week. You have to have a day 
where you center around the things of God, you plan around the things of God, you set your mind on God, you spend some time worshiping Him, and you spend some time resting. There's even some people, and I did this for a season of time, where my job demanded that I was gone for long lengths of time, and they were consecutive days. I didn't get days off throughout the week. If the job was 21 days, it was 21 days, and I had to work the full 21. So how do I deal with the principle of the Sabbath in that kind of scenario? It's, it's simple. If, you're, if your work comes in seasons, then your Sabbath comes in seasons too. And so you just have to honor the principle. And so let's not make this a legalistic thing about, well, if you don't regard Sunday or if you don't regard this day or that day, then, then you're breaking the principle. No, the principle is rest and the principle is worship. Okay, And so you can do that at any time. Now, there is a power in coming together as a group of people. And we'll talk about that in just a moment, about about the keys to that as well. But I want you to look at Jesus. Even Jesus himself uh, did the Lord's work on the Sabbath day. In Matthew 12, Jesus healed a man with a withered hand on the Sabbath. In Luke 13, he heals a woman on the Sabbath. In John 9, he heals a blind man. On the Sabbath. And Jesus did that oftentimes right in the face of the legalistic crowd that stood before him. He was saying, Look, you guys are putting the day above the Lord, and you need to put the Lord above the day. It's about honoring God. It's not about following some kind of rule and regulation. And so don't get don't get bogged down in legalism. But I'm telling you, there's a principle here that if you'll acknowledge it and apply it to your life, there's a provision for you in it. In Exodus 20. The command is this, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Remember the day and honor it. The truth is that everyone must accept this truth before you can honor the Sabbath. And this this is the truth, that you can do more in seven days, or you can never do more in seven days than you can do in six if you honor God. Now that's a hard thing for some of the men in the room. That's a hard thing for a lot of people in the room, especially if you're a task-driven person. For you to stop when you know you have things to do and to really set aside that agenda and honor God, you can do more in six days honoring the Lord than you can ever do in seven with your pedal, the pedal to the metal, you know what I mean? Trying to just go all in. And so that is a key to understand. A guy that honors the Sabbath and works hard five to six days a week will always accomplish more than a person who doesn't honor the Sabbath and works seven days a week. It's the truth. The productivity of your work is dependent upon your worship and your rest. I'll say that again. The productivity of your work, the efficiency of your work is dependent upon your worship and rest. The Sabbath is based on honor. It is based on respect and faithfulness. And it will provide for you rest and renewal if you will honor the principle. And so let me give you three purposes real quick this morning. The first purpose is this, that the Sabbath honors God. It starts with worship. The word says, remember it. Keep it in your mind. Make sure that you don't neglect it. Keep it as a priority. Remember it. Keep it holy. Make sure that you regard it in a sense of honor and you respect it and you reverence it. It is a day where God is central to everything. It is a day of worship and praise. It is a day of thankfulness for all that God has done, is doing, and will do. Sometimes we're so busy trying to accomplish something that we never stop and take time to thank God for what He's done, what He's doing, and what He's going to do. But if we will stop and take some moments in our lives to really thank God for that, how much more does that bring Him into the scenario and bring Him in as a partner in the process? 
Psalms 92 and 1 says it's a psalm, a song for the Sabbath day. It says, It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High. It is first and foremost a day of worship. And that's something that I think all of us need to understand. That the Sabbath day is about honoring God. So that makes it a day of worship. It makes it a day where He is regarded. It prioritizes God and it puts Him first. Our responsibility in it is that we keep it holy, that we reverence the day, that we make sure that we're honoring the gathering of God's people together, corporately worshiping God together. You know, I believe this is is true, and I believe that the Word expresses this uh, profoundly throughout, and that is that the church is not optional in the life of the believer. It is part of your life as a believer. I'll say that again. Church is not optional in the life of the believer. It is part of your life as a believer. You are meant to belong to a larger group. You are meant to belong to a body of believers. You're meant to be connected somewhere. You need to be connected. You need to be strengthened with your brothers and sisters in Christ. It should be kept as a high priority and not regarded as an option. Highly esteemed, highly regarded. And highly valued. It's honoring the Lord. It is honoring a day dedicated to Him. It is honoring the gathering of people together. Hebrews 10.25 again from the NIV says, Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. That's a bad habit to develop. That's a habit that will hinder your walk with God. That is a habit that will stifle what God's trying to do in your life and in your situation. Don't get in the habit of not being in the house of God. It says, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. The writer says, look, it's critical. It's critical that you get together with other believers. Even more important, the closer we get to Christ's return. He's saying you're going to need the strength and the encouragement to live your life for God and you need other believers to be that encouraging force in your life. The Sabbath day is a day to honor God. Not that we should never miss a Sunday or a service. I'm not suggesting that. You guys, it's summertime, it's approaching us and everybody needs to take a vacation. You are nicer when you've been on vacation. I am nicer when I've been on vacation. Amen. April said amen. So I'm not suggesting that we should never miss a Sunday or a church service, but it ought to be an exception rather than the norm. Thank you for that one amen. What I'm saying to you is go on vacation, enjoy the lake, go camping, whatever you do, but make sure that those things don't become a priority in your life. And that they certainly don't become something you honor with your time, your money, and your effort above God. Because when it gets into that place, you, it, it's become an idol. It's become, it's become an object of your devotion rather than a tool of rest and recuperation. And we've got to make sure that that doesn't happen. Remember the Sabbath, keep it holy. The enemy will give you hundreds of reasons every single week why you should stay out of church. Well, it's a beautiful day. Well, it's a stormy day. You know, that cracks me up. It's a beautiful day, so we can't go to church today because it's beautiful outside. It's a stormy day, so we can't go because it's storming outside. When in the world are you going to go? 
It's been, it's been a busy week, Pastor. It's been a boring week, Pastor. I had too much to do. We didn't have anything to do. And on and on and on. Remember the Sabbath. Keep it holy. If you will honor the day and will protect it, it will protect you from being selfish. It will protect you from establishing idols in your life, other gods that are more important to you than the true God. All of those things are important. Another thing that it does for us is it provides rest. Not just any rest, but true rest. Understand this today, that the Sabbath is a day of worship followed by rest. It is a day of worship followed by rest. Anyone need rest in the place today? Anybody say, Pastor, I got to get some sleep. I'm tired. I am worn out. I need some rest today. Understand today that true rest originates from God, not from sleep. Have you ever slept a lot and still woke up tired? If sleep was the answer, that would not be the case. But it is not the answer. More sleep does not necessarily correlate to you being rested up and not tired. Sometimes it has the opposite effect. And matter of fact, if you sleep too much, you'll become depressed. You've got to be engaged in a purpose in your life. Amen? True rest emerges out of true worship. True rest is always found spiritually first and physically second. True rest emerges out of true worship. It has to start with Him, worship, and end with me, rest. When I try and rest... Now listen, this is a good principle for many of you in the place today. I won't point out anybody. But I've been hearing you. When we try and rest before worship or without worship, we put ourselves before Him. And what we do in essence is we cut ourselves off from the very rest that we need, the source of rest that we're seeking. If we are unaware of the divine pattern that is taking place, then we'll continue the cycle because we fail to recognize that we have separated ourselves and we have cut ourselves from the very source of the rest that we're seeking. True rest emerges out of true worship. We stay tired and we keep repeating the cycle, failing to understand why. I'll go to church when I rest up. And God says you'll rest up when you put me first. When I become the source for the things in your life, then you'll have what you need. As long as you try to circumvent me as the source and try to find the source yourself, you're never going to have what you need. The enemy wants to lock you into a cycle like that. And he's a master at doing it. If he can convince you that you're tired and all it takes is more sleep, then he will keep you tired and he will always keep you out of church, out of connection with other people, and you can expect nothing less. Get the order right and release the blessings and the promise. I cannot tell you, I cannot tell you over the years how many times that I have heard this from people. Pastor, we were going to come to church, but we were just so tired. We had a busy week and we just needed to rest. But I also cannot tell you the number of times throughout my my ministry that I have heard this too. Pastor, we were going to stay out of church and we just felt like we needed to be there and I am so glad that we came. There is a blessing for you in faithfulness. 
There is a release of God's blessing in your life if you will be faithful to the Lord. If you will get the order right, you will release, you will always release provision. God will provide you the rest you need if you prioritize Him and regard Him as the source of that rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says this, Come to me, all you who, are, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me, learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is is light. It's better if we put God first. True rest emerges out of true worship. The third thing. Another purpose of the Sabbath is it provides you connection. Connection. It helps you connect with God and it helps you connect with other believers. We need to connect with God privately but we also need to connect with God corporately. You need to connect with God privately. You need to connect with God in your own private time with Him. You need to have a personal private study time with the Lord. But you also need to connect with God corporately. There's a difference uh, between the two. Both are valuable. Both are equally valuable. But, But there's some things that you can only get from God corporately that you can't get from Him privately. There's something that is released when believers come together and they worship God together. When there's power in coming together with one another. There is power in agreement. There is power in, in, in common goals and common mission and common purpose. We're lying to ourselves if we think we don't need the strength and the relationship of other believers. We need that. We need that. I can't... We were talking, and this comes up oftentimes. When people go through crisis, uh, invariably I have someone come to me and say, I don't know how people go through such things without the church. I don't either. I, I can't imagine going through crisis in my life, serious crisis in my life without the help of brothers and sisters in church. I can't tell you since I've been here in six years, April and I've been here in six years, how many times we've picked up the phone and we've texted people in the church and said, would you pray for me? I need some encouragement today. I'm, we're facing this, di- this deal. We need some prayers. We need somebody to come alongside us and just help us to pray this through. We need one another. The encouragement of just some, someone coming up to you without being provoked by you even. Laying a hand on your shoulder and say, you've been on my mind this week. Man, I love that. There's nothing that that is more precious to me than when somebody out of the blue comes up to you and says, I've been thinking about you and I've been praying for you this week. You've been on my mind. I mean something to somebody. But if we're never connected to the body of Christ, the opportunities for that do not exist. We don't have the privilege of allowing people into our circle, allowing people into our lives. And you are not designed to operate by yourself. You were never meant to operate alone. You were always meant to be a part of a greater group of individuals, a body of believers. The Sabbath gives you the opportunity to worship together, pray together, learn together, experience God together, and be empowered together. We need each other. Your relationship with God is largely dependent upon your relationship with other people. Whether we want to acknowledge that or not, it's the truth. Our relationship with God is largely connected to our relationship with other people. And if all the relationships in my life are broken and messed up and they're fractured and just destroyed, my relationship with God is not going to be at the maximum potential that it could be. Ecclesiastes 4.9 says this, Two are better than one. 
because they have good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. And just by the way, just as a side note, the word Ecclesiastes refers to the church. Ecclesia is the word church. And so God is referring specifically to the church and the corporate body of believers that, that come together. You're not meant or created to do life alone. The people that you choose to do life with are going to define what values you have. Let me say that again. I said the people you choose to do life with are going to define what values you have. A faithful person who hangs out with unfaithful people will eventually become unfaithful themselves. But a faithful person who surrounds themselves with other faithful people will remain faithful. Iron sharpens iron. Hang out with the right people. So if you want the right values, get the right people with those same values surrounding you. Those are the people that you have to do life with. Yes, pastor, but those are my friends. They're more than your friends. They are a picture of your future. And so let me just ask you if you like what you see. Because that's where you're headed. The fact is, whoever I have closest to me is dictating and defining my future for me. So I want to surround myself with the right people that are faithful, that have the same values. That's not to say that we don't have friendships and relationships with people who who don't share our values. We've got to do that. We've got to be light and salt to the world. That is a demand on us. But I'm talking about those that are in our inner circle, those that affect the way we see life, the way we do life, the way we live life. Those people have to share our values. Hang around with goofballs and you become a goofball but hang around with kingdom people and you become a kingdom person. And that's what we want to be. Miss Morgan, would you come? Stand with me across the place this morning. The Sabbath principle provides us with the connection with God, connection with each other. It provides us with true rest. It protects you from burnout, exhaustion, loneliness, discouragement, despair, The list goes on and on. If you'll honor the Lord by honoring the Sabbath day, honoring that principle, see if God doesn't release true rest and true relationship into your life because I believe with all my heart that He will. Be different. I'm challenging you in this place to be different from a self-serving, self-focused world and put God first in this area and see if He doesn't release blessing in your life as a result. We hope you have enjoyed and been encouraged by this message. We'd love for you to join us at the river on Sunday mornings at 9.45 for Sunday school and at 10.30 for morning worship. We also provide our midweek service for all ages on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you'd like to support the various ministries at the river, please go to our giving tab. We'd love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street in Burkrenet, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us at the river. Till I found myself face down on.
sure You say come to 